It's time to mind your business with me, Jamila Lodge. Tune in to find out how to mind your business with BEDC, special guest entrepreneurs, industry experts, and more. Brought to you by BEDC. Bermuda business starts here. Welcome to Mind Your Business. I am your host, Jamila Lodge, and I am so pleased to have with me a very special person in my life. This is Ephraim Salam, 13-year NFL veteran, turned producer, turned writer. Welcome to Mind Your Business. Uh, thank you. I uh, I tend to mind my business, so I, I'm, <laughs> happy, mind our business I'm happy today. to be in your business. Okay. I'm in your business today. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about your journey mm-hmm. from NFL player to now a writer um, for the hot show on Peacock, Bel Air. Um, everybody's favorite. Okay, I'm a little biased. But anyway, before we get into that, though, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, my name is Ephraim Salam. I, um, like you said, I played in the NFL for quite some time, 13 years. Uh, prior to that, I went to uh, uni at San Diego State. Uh, scholar athlete there. Oh my goodness! Okay. Played uh, <laughs> basketball and football at San Diego State. Uh, one of the very few uh, Division One athletes to play both basketball and football in college. And you know, it was it was a dream. Starting in 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 high school, it was a dream. I didn't play any sports until high school. That's amazing because usually you have to start out, right, like when you're five. You start out. I have two kids. I have two sons, Mm -hmm. and they started four or five years old playing soccer uh, or football. Football, yes. Thank you very much. And then uh, moved into baseball and then now to basketball. Uh, So, yeah, they have a leg up on me. They're Mm -hmm. already better athletes than I ever was at that age. But for me, it was just I really – Focused on cartoons and eating cereal mm-hmm. prior to <laughs> and, and video games yeah. prior to falling in love with sport in in high school. Mm-hmm. Well, you you parlayed that well, into like a professional career uh, for thirteen years, no less. So that's exciting. Uh, but can you speak to how that prepared you for what you're doing now as a producer and writer? Well. To get to that level in sport, mm-hmm. to be a professional athlete, is one of the probably the toughest things you can do on the planet Earth. Mm-hmm. So the mentality, the effort, the sacrifice it takes to actually get to that level. Right. I believe it's like less than 0.1% of the world's population, the 7.5 billion people on the planet, can become professional athletes. Mm-hmm. So when you start... Messing around in rarefied air, mm-hmm. and you know the drive and determination and the sacrifice it takes to get to that level. Right. Everything else is easy. Mm-hmm. It it really is. Even no matter what it is you want to do after, it pales in comparison to mm-hmm. the level of sacrifice and dedication that you have to have to get to to be one of those rare athletes. Right, right. And then not only that to stay. Right. So in the NFL, the average career is three years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So from the age of twenty two to twenty five, average players, that that's that's it. Right. Twenty five you gotta go find something else to do. Right. Uh not only was it difficult to get there, but to stay, to there, stay there for over a decade, mm-hmm. you know, 
it's a testament to what you're willing to do, how hard you're willing to work. Mm-hmm. I keep saying sacrifice because you do sacrifice things. Right. You said I hadn't had a summer in ever, mm-hmm. you right. know, and so it is one of those things where you condition yourself to be able to push through the difficulties mm-hmm. and 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 things that may seem insurmountable. Mm-hmm. You train yourself going through this journey to push through that. Mm-hmm. So making the transition from something that was impossible to something that is also deemed impossible mm-hmm. just seemed normal. It seemed normal for you. It just seemed normal. Yeah. You had already done work that very few people can accomplish. Mm-hmm. So anything after that, to me, was just like, oh, okay, this is the next thing that I want to do. Mm-hmm. And I took that approach. Mm-hmm. So it took away... The stigma of oh the impossibility right. of, of a thing. Yeah. Once you strip that away, once you strip away the the notion that something is too difficult to do. Yeah. Then it's you start looking at it completely, completely different. Completely different. It's just how do I do it, not whether or not I can exactly. do it. Exactly. It's you take the steps to be able to accomplish things. And, right. And I tell young people all the time, you're living in the glory days. You're living in the age of information. Right. Like when we were growing up, yes, and we were in math class, yes. and we would ask, "Well, why do I have to learn math? algebra when am I gonna, or yeah. or geometry or long division?" Mm-hmm. The teachers would always say, "You're not going to walk around with a calculator in your pocket." <laughs> and now look. Well, all those teachers <laughs> back in the you. day. That's exactly what we do. We walk around with, with a, a calculator in our par- uh, pocket, a computer, uh, artificial intelligence, mm-hmm. calendars, mm-hmm. Uh, everything that seemed impossible to have mm-hmm. on you as a person. It's now it's normal. It's you can get it in your watch. Yeah, you can you know carry it in your phone. Mm-hmm. So this generation, if you want to know how to do something. It's literally in your pocket. Right. It's in the palm of your hand. All the information you need to be successful with something or to attempt to be successful with something is in your pocket. So let me talk to you a little bit about this. So, yes, the information is in our mm-hmm. pocket. But what you're sharing with me seems like more than just access to information, right? Oh, yeah. It's more about the drive and the grit and what is required to excel at something and we're talking about entrepreneurship right yeah. it's not easy to be an entrepreneur That's it's crazy. not it's crazy it's crazy it's not easy to go down a road especially when people are telling you no you can't do it so where does a person where did you get the stuff that's required to actually do the crazy um because i'm crazy well, I know that. <laughs> um, I, I was told early on that my dreams were impossible and mm-hmm. that they, they weren't attainable mm-hmm. by someone who was supposed to be helping me in my journey. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't, I didn't accept that. Mm-hmm. And I had aspirations as a 14, 15 year old. I had things that I wanted to do. I had dreams mm-hmm. that I wanted to see come to fruition. Mm-hmm. And I chose to bet on and believe in me. Right. Opposed to the outside forces telling me how difficult something was. Mm-hmm. It's rare. Mm-hmm. Where do I get that from? I have a strong mother and father and, you know, education has always been important in our family. We mm-hmm. grew up with a mother who was like a 
the Gestapo when it came to, <laughs> you know, education. But it, it paid off mm-hmm. because the more information you have, the better you are, the better prepared you are. Right. And so physically, so much of my previous career in terms of being an, an athlete was built on my physicality. Right. Now, I've been blessed with being 6'8 mm-hmm. uh, in, in God-given ability. But the mental aspect I took towards my profession is what set me up and set me apart from others. Correct. Okay. So that mental approach, studying, learning the plays, being able to know things are happening and see things happening out on the field before they actually happen. Right. Gives you the upper hand. Right. Those all came from school. Right. Those all came from studying Mm -hmm. and being able to process information Mm -hmm. within seconds. Right. Right. You that's a skill you have to work on. Right. And so developing that skill in that type of environment, bringing that off the field and putting it into everyday things, whether it be parenting, whether it be a husband, uh, uh, a coach. Mm-hmm. I coach my kids' basketball mm-hmm. and baseball teams. All of those tools, you know, you hone in over over the, the decades, mm-hmm. and then you apply them to things that you want to do. Mm-hmm. And it makes it so much easier because you've now established a way of looking at the world, right. the looking at an objective that makes it more conducive and more possible for you to attain whatever that is. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting because I, I recognize that as an NFL player or being in sports, you are around people. Or you have access to people that maybe the average person wouldn't have access oh, yeah. to. So I want you to talk a little bit about the importance of identifying those networks, connecting with those networks to help you to achieve whatever your ultimate goal mm-hmm. is. I'm not bashful. No, you're not. Okay. <laughs> uh, so they call me gregarious. Yes. Uh my personality is off the charts. I walk in a room and I want to know everybody. Right. I never feel uncomfortable in any space. Mm-hmm. What that's allowed me to do is connect with people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. If I don't know something, I'll ask. Mm-hmm. Whether I was an athlete or not, asking people whether it be for advice, for help, you may get 15 no's Mm -hmm. and one yes. The one yes is the thing that can carry you to your goal. Right. Okay. So when you're going into a, whether you have access or not, Mm -hmm. the great thing about this, this era, this technology era is the person you might want to meet or the person you think could help you, or you can get some advice for most of those people are, you can f- literally reach out to them. Right. That's the crazy part. Mm-hmm. Before, you might not ever see anybody. Right. But now with social media the way it is and with fan engagement or mm-hmm. people reaching out to, you know, people who follow them and things like that, you can really 
DM someone and ask a question and get a real response. Mm -hmm. You can email somebody. You can write a letter to somebody. And you may write 15, 20 DMs and letters and you get no reply. Mm -hmm. And on that 16th one, somebody's like, hey, you know what? How about this? Yeah. Yeah. Send me what it is that you're trying to do. Let me look at it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. So this notion of having access, we all have access. It may not be immediate access. Right. But we have the ability to tap in to access like never before. Mm -hmm. Because so, of the fact that we be, have a computer. Because in of the yeah. fact that we're walking around with a computer that can touch anyone at any place all over the world. Right. Think how great that is. Yeah, it's amazing. It, it definitely shrinks the world that we live in because you literally are just one click away from maybe being in touch with someone who you one may or may not click away. So the, the other thing that I think that you touched on, which I think is important along the entrepreneurial journey is perseverance, right? Because like you said, you reach out and then they tell you no or you don't hear anything back. But the notion that you continue to do so, why is that important? Um, to be an entrepreneur is to be crazy. Yeah. Because now you are, you're starting something from nothing. Mm -hmm. You have a design in your mind of what you want to do, a business that you want to start. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you don't have a business plan. Sometimes you just, you have a feeling about something. Mm -hmm. And to bet on that feeling is crazy because conventionally it's like, hey, go to school, get your degree, go work for somebody, spend your whole life on that trajectory, mm -hmm. which is fine. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Right, right. But to be an entrepreneur is to step outside of those norms, mm -hmm. is to step outside of, of that that comfortable path right. that so many has have before you have, have set. Mm -hmm. You can see it. You know the yeah. blueprint. Maybe your mom, your dad, your cousin, some someone has been on that path, and we know that path works right. for some people. Right. But to be an entrepreneur, to be someone who wants to generate and start their own thing, mm -hmm. be their own boss, mm -hmm. it's scary. Mm -hmm. It is. It's frightening. It's uh, crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> it could be seen as negative mm -hmm. because people around you don't have the same passion and vision you have. Mm -hmm. That's why it's your vision. Right. It's your passion. Right. Everybody's not going to sign off on the things that you want to do. Mm -hmm. But does that make it unattainable? No. It's just going to take more. Right. More effort, more sacrifice, more drive, more perseverance, mm -hmm. more you. Mm -hmm. And as long as you're willing to pour in you, into whatever it is you're trying to do as an entrepreneur, you have a great chance to be successful. And I also want to say failing is not something that you should allow to be possible right? as an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Because the only way you fail is to stop and give up. Right. Or to not try at all. Or to not try at all. Mm -hmm. Right. So if you're starting something and it's not going the way you want and you, I don't want to do that anymore. That's the only way you can fail at that. Right. Because every mistake, every speed bump, road bump, wall, thing, or obstacle that you think is in your way, you learn from yeah, it. Yeah, that's the quickest way to learn. You, when you learn fail, from it. If you burn it. yourself on the stove, what you going to do? Not You're gonna not going to touch, gonna touch it, again. it again. Yeah. So you use those lessons mm -hmm. to catapult you over the next wall. Right. 
and to continue on your journey. Right. That's the difficult part of being an entrepreneur, being your own boss, is because now you have to come up with the solutions mm-hmm. to get over the wall. That's right. Opposed to working for someone and you turning to them and them telling you what to do. Right. You have to figure out, okay, what did I do wrong? What do I need to fix? And how do I approach and attack the target again? And that's crazy. So let me ask you, I want you to talk a little bit about how you decided that you were going to go into movie production Mm -hmm. and what that looked like. Okay. So I was about 2003, I believe. My best friend, I consider him my brother, is dynamic director Dion Taylor. When we gonna get him down uh, here? We're gonna get him out here. Yeah. We're gonna get okay. him out here. All we'll your go. friends, tell Hebrew Compton. Everybody I, I was think well that's that's we'll talk okay, about that okay, off okay. air. Um but I was playing for the Denver Broncos at the time and he called me. He said, Hey man, I got an idea for a movie. And I said, Okay. I, we love movies. Yeah. We grew up watching movies. He flew out to Denver. We sat down. We talked about the idea. I was like, ooh, that's dope. I added my little, ooh, we can do this, and we can have this, and that, and this. And we knew a friend of a friend whose cousin, sister, brother's niece's nephew yeah. was, a, was who said they were a writer or yeah. whatever. So we took our idea. Well, he took the idea. I was still playing. And that offseason, he was like, we got a script. Mm-hmm. It was a movie called 75. Okay. It was like, we got it. We did it. Let's go to Hollywood and get this made. Okay. <laughs> so, what we didn't know at the time uh-huh. is that's not how it's done. <laughs> okay? Ignorance is bliss. Right. So, as in the off season, I'm we going around trying to get studio meetings. They're like, excuse me, say what now? Who are you? The <laughs> only way we were able to get into some of the meetings is because I played in the NFL. Right. So they were like, okay. And then we get in there. And it's like, oh, okay, thank you. Boom, boom. It's not about sports. Gone. Never mind. <laughs> and so we got all no's. A summer full of no's. Months of no's. Oh, so frustrating. So mm-hmm. what do we do? I don't know, man. I think it's a great idea. I think it's a good idea. So how do we start ourselves? I said, well, why don't we, why don't we start making it ourselves? Mm-hmm. So I invested my money mm-hmm. into us making this film. Mm-hmm. Um. It was a big investment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I wasn't investing in the film. Right. I was investing in us. Right. In the vision. As an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. I was crazy. Mm-hmm. I was about to attempt the impossible mm-hmm. with a large sum of money. Right. Which is even crazier. Right, right. I had financial guys, managers, agents saying, hey, man, no. <laughs> You can't afford to do this. <laughs> but I was so blinded by the impossible, by the by the crazy, mm-hmm. I was already doing something that was impossible. I was right. playing in the NFL. So right. how can you tell me something else is impossible? I'm just going to do it. Yeah. It's just crazy. Mm-hmm. And so we did it. And it was hard. It was crazy. You can go to iTunes and rent or buy that movie, by the way. We did make the movie. <laughs> It's called Dead Tone. We had to change the name from 75 to Dead Tone. Okay. Uh, first movie I produced, first movie Dion Taylor directed. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's available out there for you <laughs> listeners. Uh, it's on iTunes. It's called Dead Tone. But that let us know that, oh, we can do this. Yeah, we can do it. There are roadblocks. We're bl- it was some African-American kids mm-hmm. in Hollywood with no help. 
And we just forged ahead Mm -hmm. and decided that we weren't going to take no for an answer. Mm -hmm. Two like-minded people Mm -hmm. who grew up together. He went on to play uh, prior to this. He played professional basketball overseas for five years Mm -hmm. in Germany. And so we were doing things that were Deemed impossible. Deemed impossible. Right. So the next thing we did, well, of course, if you have a history of being impossible, you're going to keep going. Yeah. And it translated into film after film, meeting more people Mm -hmm. who believed in our journey. Mm -hmm. Uh, We got an opportunity to meet uh, a Robert Smith, Mm -hmm. the wealthiest African-American man on the planet Earth. Shout out to Robert. Shout out to Robert. <laughs> We've known Robert for 18 years. He's been part of our journey for this long. Yeah. And he's uh, he allowed us to continue to grow in this space. Mm-hmm. And eventually, independently, film-wise, we have over $190 million independently at the box office. That's awesome. Which is impossible to do. But you did it. And I think that's the message, right, that you want people to hear and to understand that you don't have to stop at the nose no. and you have to bet on yourself. So if you believe it's possible and people are telling you, well, I, sometimes people need to see it, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They need to see it happen and like, oh, OK. All right. Now I'll put my money in. Yeah, but we didn't have any. It was just us. Yeah, it was just y'all. I didn't know anybody who was a professional athlete. Right? right. I didn't know anybody who played football. Right. I, he, we didn't know any people who were directing or producing movies. We didn't. Right. We do now. Yes. You know? <laughs> uh, so sometimes your visions have to look through the norm. Yeah. They have to look through. It's almost like x-ray vision. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to see through all the obstacles, all the roadblocks, all the walls, all the no's, all the things, all the negative things. Mm-hmm. If you live in a negative sp- space, then you'll live in a negative space. Right. No matter what you want to do, you'll always have a negative connotation associated, hung, yeah. associated with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Because you got to be positive. Yeah. And you know how they talk talk about manifesting what you want to happen. That's really what it is. It's about seeing what the future could be, and then you're working towards that goal. Yeah, because why not? Right. Well, like, well, who on this planet Earth can tell you that you can't do something, you can't accomplish something? Only you can. Only you like, nobody knows how hard you're willing to work, what you're willing to sacrifice, what you're willing to do to accomplish something. So how could they possibly tell you if you can accomplish it or not? Right. Right? Sometimes people are blinded by their own short-sightedness. Right? Mm-hmm. When you talk to older people who haven't accomplished the things that they thought they could accomplish, mm-hmm. they'll make it almost impossible for you to. Mm-hmm. Well, I could do it, so you can't do it. We'll say, what now? And that could be a mom, that could be a dad, it's auntie, true. It's cousin, true. teacher, whoever, pastor. It could be anybody. Mm-hmm. Don't let others' short-sightedness affect your vision. Mm-hmm. You can't look at the world through their eyes, and they can't look it through yours. Right. So your vision is your vision. Mm-hmm. And in the age of information, you can now go on, how do I make a movie? Right. How do I it's write true. a script? 
How, who do I need to... Re- you can just ask Chad the question. GPT will write it for you if you, you let it. You know what I'm saying? But don't do that. <laughs> okay. Let's be creative yourselves, okay? Like, You're speaking to a writer like, who just got right. off strike fighting <laughs> Chat GBT, okay? Chat GBT can't do what I do. No, it can't. Okay? Because it, it hasn't lived. It hasn't. You are All correct. Being right. yeah, propaganda. <laughs> Okay, my bad. So what I want to switch gears a little bit, and I want to talk about outside of your own personal ability to motivate yourself and get to where you need to do and kick doors open. What other types of support have you experienced personally? Mm -hmm. And would you suggest that entrepreneurs along their journey try to seek out? Find like-minded people. And it may be somebody in your family, but it may not be. Mm Mm-hmm. It may be somebody you meet on Instagram Mm -hmm. who's like, yo, man, I think that's a dope idea. Surround yourself with people who feel like they can accomplish anything. Mm -hmm. It's all about your circle. It's all about the the people that you surround yourself with so you can uh, complete or begin to step into a world that may seem unfamiliar. Right. That's the most important part, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes you get that support at home, yeah. whether it be a spouse, a brother, sister, cousin. Sister, okay. Right? Mm-hmm. Sister, <laughs> mom, dad, mm-hmm. uncle, friend, mm-hmm. new friend, mm-hmm. co-worker. Find like-minded people who want to go on this journey with you and help you on this journey and grow in this journey with you, and it'll make the impossible seem that much more attainable. What, how important is identifying a mentor? It's, it's important, but it's not, it's not the end-all, be-all. Okay. Because sometimes there won't be a mentor. Mm-hmm. So if you can't find a mentor, does that mean you stop? No. It doesn't mean that. Right? Right. So when you start putting your success and you attach it. In someone it, else's hands? Yeah. Then your your success is in their hands. Right, right. Everyone is not going to find the right mentor for them. Mm-hmm. There's some out there, and they're great. Mm-hmm. But don't let that be the reason why you don't keep going. Right. I can't find a mentor, so I don't know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Don't fall for that one. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm going to reverse it. How important is it, men? Two mentors. So you told oh, the story about, yeah. yeah, yeah, you betting on yourself. Mm-hmm. You and Dion are like, we're two black men uh, in Hollywood. Nobody's feeling us. We're going to do this for ourselves. So for the next generation of young black men who are coming up or entering into a space, how important for you is it to give back and support it's them? It's huge. Yeah. It's huge. That's why I'm here. Yeah. It's huge. I, they need to know. That is possible. Yes. They need to see that it's possible. Mm-hmm. I just spoke to a whole room full of kids who had, didn't want to be there. They didn't. <laughs> but once we start talking and once they realize, hey, oh, he was us. Yeah. He was 15. He was 14. With dreams. With dreams. Yeah. Impossible dreams. Mm-hmm. Once you start tapping into young people at their level, and they're not looking at you like some old fogey. They was looking at you like that. Right? <laughs> and you tap into that youth. Yeah. All right? We start having fun yeah, as, as we did. went along. At the end of the speech, they, everybody, they coming up to me. They're excited. Yeah. They're, you know, 
That's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. Those kids, and I'm not everybody, mm-hmm. but out of the hundred or so kids that were in there, you get one, two, three, ten, twenty who are like, he said something. He says something. Yeah. And once they five years down the road, six years down the road, a month down the road, mm-hmm. something to happen, and they'll be like, oh, I'm not gonna give up. Right. Oh, I'm gonna keep going. Mm-hmm. They're not going to just be okay right. with the no or, oh, it's too hard. Mm-hmm. They're going to push through. And once they get to the other side, they'll look back and be like, wow. Remember what he said? You know? Time? Yeah. And that's why I do it. That's yeah. why I love it. Right. I didn't have a me. Right. I told him that today. I didn't have a me come talk to me. I wish I would have. Mm-hmm. It oh would have made God, me seem been... less crazy. Right, right. Right? If I would have had a me come tell me at 15 years old, oh, bro, you got you it. You can do it. Mm-hmm. You got That would have gave me a boost. I mean, what you're speaking about is the reason why we do this. Mm-hmm. Like, BDC, we recognize that entrepreneurship can be a key, right? When you're talking about building a legacy, building wealth for your family, you look at some of the richest people, some of the most accomplished people, and they all are entrepreneurs, right? They work for themselves. They built their own legacy. And so it's important for us to create opportunities to have people like yourself uh, and others speak to our young people so that they can see the possibility, so that they can envision themselves acquiring and aspiring to the things that you have accomplished. See you and me. Yeah. That's it. Exactly. See you and me. Yep. I need a t-shirt. That's a good slogan. (laughs) I just did that. I just gave that to (laughs) y'all. Or he's going to trademark it or something. See you and me. Something like that. See you and me. Yes. Yes. Because I think it is important. You have to be able to to see that. Mm -hmm. You have to be able to, like you said, look through all of the stuff and envision what it could be and what that, that utmost... I guess, level of accomplishment you want it to be. Yeah, and and dreams don't stop. No, they don't. Like, what are some of your your dreams? Um, I want to run my own show. Okay. I want to have an overall deal at a studio where I get to sit and create and put shows on the air, Mm -hmm. whether it be film, whether it be television. Mm -hmm. That's a dream of mine. Mm -hmm. I'm well on my way to accomplishing that dream. You can't tell me someone who didn't go to school for theater or writing. or You can't tell me that's impossible. I'm already in there. Right. I'm writing on one of the hottest shows on the air right now. <laughs> I'm actually supposed to be at work. I know. Right now. Thank you for sharing him, y'all. <laughs> and it's it's a situation where being able to learn from tremendous leaders like our showrunner Carla uh, Waddle right now is mm-hmm. tremendous. Brilliant African-American sister who's running the show uh, showrunner is a person who uh, runs the show. Right. Like every TV show has a showrunner. Mm-hmm. It's their vision of the show. We meet their vision. We pitch. We uh, we develop characters. Mm-hmm. All of these things. Um, and they're our leader. I aspire to be that. Okay. I will be that. Okay. Um, because you can't tell me I can't be. Okay. And I truly believe that. Yeah. I have ideas. I have things that I want to do that I want to uh, share with the world. And so I'm on that journey. Mm-hmm. I'm on that journey. And it's a crazy journey. It's a tough journey. Not everybody gets to do it. But, okay, so was everything else I've done. Yeah. So why not this? Why not that? Listen, believe it or not, we are all done. We're at the bottom of the hour. 
Um, I just want to thank you for coming out here. I want to thank you for participating in our Global Entrepreneurship Week activities. I want to thank you for inspiring our young people, for sharing some of your time. Like I said, you know, I'm grateful that you are are here because I know you have to work. Um, So you came all the way from L.A. So I really do appreciate that. And for those that don't know, this is my little brother. (laughs) Um, And I am extremely proud of you. I am extremely proud of the man that you have become. Um, Even though I give you a hard time. All the time. I'm going to take credit for some of what he has become because I am older. Yes. But, no, I really do mean that sincerely, wholeheartedly. I know that you're passionate about what you're doing. I've seen you do all of the things that you discussed. Um, And I think that your willingness to give back and to share the story is important. And not everybody will do that, right? So I do value your time. I value the fact that you have come here for me to um, support our local entrepreneurial community. Um, And I think it's a... I appreciate it, and I hope that they do, too. So I'm going to wrap up, and then I'm going to use my catchphrase, don't make fun of me, right? The name of the show is Mind Your Business. Okay. We minded our business today. Yes, we did. And remember, if you don't mind your business, who will? Oh, I like that. You like that? (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for tuning in to Mind Your Business with me, your host, Jamila Lodge. Tune in next week, Thursday at 4 p.m. Because if you don't mind your business, who will? Mind Your Business is brought to you by BEDC. Bermuda business starts here.